As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Sloots McGloots. What's up, dude? I'm a fucking moron. Yes, you are. <laughs> we just went, <laughs> we did an entire intro, and uh, I didn't have my microphone plugged in. So uh, I'll just uh, summarize it a little bit. I'm mad at Puxatani Phil because I feel like it's still cold out and I want spring. And I realized that it's probably because I was sick. Yep. And I haven't seen the sun because I wasn't outdoors for most of the early part of this week. But yeah, no, forgot to plug my microphone in. Steel just kind of stared at me until I realized what happened. Yep. Uh, I was looking at the computer screen just to make sure the levels were coming in right. And lo and behold, they were not. Yeah. And so I was trying to figure out what the problem was, and I looked over at young Magoots here, and uh, yeah, didn't plug it in. Breaking the fourth wall here by talking about technical issues, but yeah, big issue to start the day. Let's hope that uh, the rest of the episode goes smoothly. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's only uphill from here. Yeah, it, Or downhill. It, no, it is. It's only well, uphill one, from here. That one, that's what we could talk about. I mean, we're going to get into Beverly Hills. We're really excited to get into Beverly Hills just to wrap the season up. It wasn't much of a finale, honestly. Not a whole lot happened, but we did get some answers to the Mo and Kyle drama. But uh, before we dive into that, going back to what I just said, when people say it's all downhill from here, that implies negative because it sounds like a bad thing. But that actually implies it's going to get easier because going downhill is easier than going uphill. So it's a very confusing statement. And I, I think about this way too often. This, anytime this people is literally, bring it up. this is the uh, Oppenheimer meme. It's paradoxical. It is paradoxical, and it makes no sense. It doesn't because if you say it's all uphill from here, you're like, oh, we're on the rise. But no, going uphill is actually harder. Going downhill is easier. So when people say it's all downhill from here, it implies negative, but that's supposed to mean it's getting easier. There was actually a newfound glory song, which I know that I'm getting a little niche right now, but all downhill yeah. from here. I used but to like the music that, video. That's an emo <laughs> punk band, if you will. So most of their songs are not happy. I think that they address that in that song. Now that I'm thinking about it, is that what it's about? Yeah, because you would say it's all downhill from here, meaning like it's going to be a good thing. But it's an emo song, so, so it's negative, it's probably negative paradox. Yeah, the newfound glory paradox. Did we just come up with a paradox? We did. Wow. Scientists now. Make it a t-shirt. <laughs> Add it to the list, baby. Somebody somebody commented that we need to make a t-shirt that says, I ate a tarantula at the state fair. <laughs> I loved it. That would, yeah, that would actually work really well. It was a good t-shirt. I want to go to the uh, the Texas state fair. It's fun. It's Not fun the one go. that you went to. I want to no, go no, to like, the, the Texas state one fair during, in Dallas. Or yeah, I guess it's in Arlington. Red, Red River shootouts during that too. Well, it's all year round. Yeah. The Texas State Fair, you can go all year round. It's in Arlington, I believe. I'm just making an excuse so I can go see a Texas game. But yeah, well, if I know you, you'll go. You're an Oklahoma fan. I am an OU fan. But mm-hmm. if you go to the Texas State Fair, you can get anything deep fried. Deep fried butter, deep fried Oreo. Deep fried spider. I don't know. That wasn't where I got. Not that State Fair. Okay. Maybe they have spiders there. I don't know. Gross. Maybe we should go and find out. But we should. It is our Friday episode, and before we get into our rose and thorns, just some quick announcements. Let's uh, take care of the, what do you call it? Plug? Yeah, we'll just do that. I was going to think of something. Else. Housekeeping. Housekeeping, if Housekeeping, you will. yes. Yeah, so 
We are less than two weeks away from our live show at the City Winery in Philadelphia. It is March 6th. We have sold a ton of tickets, which is amazing, but we are also running low. So if you haven't gotten your tickets or you're waiting till the last week or the last day, they may not be there. So make sure you go get your tickets as soon as you can. The link is in our bio to buy those tickets. And then we have another show coming up. And when is that, Shoots? Uh, the second show is May 3rd, Friday, May 3rd, in D.C. on Union Stage. I want to say on Union Stage, but I know it's at Union Stage. Just like the prepositional phrasing kind of drives me crazy. I like We're going to be on stage. At the Union Stage. Yeah. On the Union Stage. at On stage at the Union Stage. There we go. Okay, that works. That works. Okay. That, 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 that appeases me. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I figured we could work through it somehow. Yep. But that is, as he said, May 3rd, so make sure you get your tickets to that one. And then we have another show in Boston, and that is June 14th at the City Winery in Boston. But that is a small venue. It is 70 people. So if you do not have your ticket yet, make sure you go get it. They're going to run out quick. We have a lot of people that have already reached out and said they bought tickets. So make sure you go get tickets to Boston sooner than later because they're going to run out, and we don't want you guys to miss out. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Boston one in particular because the Phillies will be playing that week, mm-hmm. and I already decided we're wearing overalls, the two of us. Fuck yeah. Shout out Foco USA for giving us some cool overalls. I'm pumped about that because I... you know what? The, the thing is, in you know, in the playoffs, I would wear the overalls, but I'm not going to wear overalls to just like, I mean, I would, but it, there's not a lot involved with it doing it in like may you know if we go to a phillies game in philadelphia like wearing overalls it's like all right everybody's kind of got their thing going on yeah yeah, yeah. you go to an away game you can get away with whatever the hell you want agreed so pumped about that hopefully our friends at foco maybe they're listening i don't know maybe they'll have some updated gear we would love to rock nice we would love to rock it i'm just saying we love wearing them to away games specifically or whomever's out there that could be listening cat if (laughs) (laughs) No, we're super grateful for everything we've already gotten. If there is some new swag, we will always wear. But above all else, let's a uh, quick, quick Foco shout out. Yeah, good yeah. call. Good Hell call. Yeah. They got us geared up for the season. This isn't even a paid plug. We just really like the shit they sent us. <laughs> sure is. But uh, it is our Friday episode, so we got some roses and thorns to to discuss. So why don't you start us off there, champ? Uh, I'm going to start off with my thorn, and this one kind of caught me by surprise because I didn't go looking for it, and that's usually... Those are the best ones. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, oh, uh-oh. So I was on, which is really funny because I only go on Facebook for the memories because, like, you can go on Instagram Aww. and it's like, well, I mean, my memories are <laughs> fucking hilarious because when I was 16 years old, I just put, like, rap lyrics on my status all the time. So, so funny. I can cringe at myself and, and laugh at it, and usually my friends are commenting on it and saying... Pretty much calling me an asshole. And at the time, I wasn't hearing it. But now I'm like, yeah, you were right. Yeah. Good job, guys. But I won't tell them that. What? What's one that was on there? Oh, dude, it's every day. You posted a rap lyric Almost every, every I mean, like, day? the way that memories work, it's this day on, the, like, every year. So, like, I always have something to look at. I mean, I can tell you what it is probably today. Oh, this could be a new segment. Shooter's rap quote of the day. <laughs> Some of them I have to delete as soon as I see them because I'm like, oh, shit. Uh yeah, so this one was from 2010. So what was I? 19? I think I was. I just turned 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says all these carrots on like I'm a fucking vegetarian. Boys play. I bury them. Y'all already know. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the hell is going on. What? I don't even know what song that's from. What was going through your mind where it's like I'm gonna drop a a fire rap lyric? I I vaguely remember. Um, I used to listen to. It was like Dat Piff. And do you remember Dat Piff? No. no, you weren't really into rap at that point. I remember when you got into rap; it was really weird for me. Um, 
they I was always into old school rap, like Tribe Called Quest and Yeah, yeah, just like shit, but I got into other shit like much later down the road. Well, this was an era where your favorite rappers were releasing songs almost every single day. Yeah. And they were just, you know, throwaway tracks or mixtape tracks or whatever. And I used to I remember I used to go on to a specific website. I can't remember the website. You're a big mixtape. And guy. I could see like a new song from like French Montana. That's a little blowback for you. Love that. Um or, you know, Drake would come out with a song every day, whatever it was. And I would listen to what I thought was the best song, and then I would select a lyric from that, and I would put it on Facebook, or I'd put it on whatever. In hopes to look cool. Yes. Nice. A thousand percent. Nice. Because I have the newest song out, and I just posted it already, which means I already listened to it before you got a chance to listen Shooter's to it. Shooter's hip. I was hip. I am no longer hip. But, yeah, anyway, derailed the conversation. <laughs> I go on tangent. Facebook just to look at those things and see, you know, random pictures or whatever it might be. And I was on Facebook briefly and saw that City Winery posted us oh, and yeah. said, hey, get your tickets now for the March 6th show featuring the Bravros. And it's a very nice picture of the two of us. And there's a couple of comments on there. And, you know, it's people that were reacting to us being there saying, yeah, I got to get my tickets, whatever, tagging people. Great. Then there was a hidden comment underneath and it said, and I don't remember who it was. It was just like some fake Facebook profile. And the comment was, don't give these bigots a platform. Oh, God. <laughs> I, know. I don't know what we did. Why? Like, I understand, like, some of the hate that we get where it's just like, all right, you don't listen to us or you don't agree with our takes, and that's fine. But I don't know when, when we crossed over into bigot territory. I, don't, I, I, I would don't not classify did anything. there. I, we no. didn't. That's that's really what a mean thing to say. Yeah, that was a little mean. So anytime you see hidden comment, you're taking a gamble clicking that button. Well, it was a picture of us, and there were four comments, and one of them is hidden. So I had to take I'm a just look. Saying it's it's a gamble. I know I had to take a peek though. Anyway, so saw that. That's definitely my thorn for the week because mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting that one. And my rose for the week was from a YouTube video last week that we posted at K18VD commented, "Happy birthday month, shooter." Welcome to the 30s club. So somebody thinks I just turned 30, and that's really nice. Oh, I see what they're saying. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, you've been in the 30s club. They been weren't there. aware. That's nice. That is nice. That's nice. You could pass for 30. Thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate I, that. I mean that. Yeah. I mean that. I still, like when I get carded, when I go buy a dip sometimes, I'm like, they're like, I got to check if you look under 30. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, pal. That means a lot. That does mean a lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah. let me get into mine. So my thorn is this, and... We posted that video about Tom and me going on a little rant the other day, and we got a lot of great feedback from it. There was a few of these, which is, it's so funny. There's a bunch on TikTok as well. This one comes from Twitter. I refuse to call it X. This one called, comes from Twitter, and somebody commented and said, are you comparing George Floyd and Derek Chauvin to Tom right now? Please be for real. To which I replied calmly and said, no, he did that himself. We're not idiots. He is. To which that was countered with, LOL, I mean you are, but that's a whole other thing, which I hated that sentence. That, you know me, like that's right under my skin. I'm like, <laughs> oh. So then I replied again, no, he literally did it in the New York Times today because it would be insane for a normal person to compare those things. And that's it. Like I didn't, uh, the best part. Are there is, more comments? There were, but it's all people coming to our No, defense. but from that person. No, 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 oh, they never no. came back. Damn. But a bunch of our listeners and followers jumped in and this is what I love about our followers. Like, they'll jump into our defense, but they don't go after people, which I really appreciate. I never want to be that podcast. I don't want yeah. anyone speaking on our behalf, like going after people. That's not our vibe. But if you defend us after someone talks some shit, love that. Love that. So thank you so much for coming in and uh, helping that. And this next one, my rose is- I want to know what the whole other thing is. Like, you are an idiot. That's, yeah. That's a whole other thing. That's what whole what other is thing. it? I don't know. 
Also, this was just a video of you, so I'm completely uh, sorry. I'm you're guilty. Scott by, Free you're over here. Guilty by association. Ow, you and your mustache. Ow. But I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come after your mustache. Yeah, what the fuck? I don't know. Okay, it just it slipped out. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm Somebody a. got under your skin. I'm a hot little potato right now, man. Let me tell you. But this next one comes from. I'm not even going to say where it's from, and I'm not going to read their name, only because I don't want to embarrass anybody. And this was like a very nice and very funny thing that was said. Uh huh. So there was a, a comment made that, you know, somebody has a crush on the cute guy in the Eagles hat, which thank you so much. It was very nice. But there was a follow up and it goes like this. OMG, I saw his response video to Scum Duvall's racist cry for attention. I'm smitten. I kind of love him, but I don't want to have sex with him. I just like to hang out and discuss Bravo. I'm old and have arthritis. Sex is lots of work for me these days. <laughs> It's got to be the best comment of all time. It has everything. It, it really does. It literally has everything. And it's like kind of weird because they're saying like, oh, yeah, like implying sex. But to reel it and be like, no, no, I just want to talk Bravo. Like, I love the idea of the fact that the reason that sex is not on the table is only because of arthritis. That made me laugh very hard. It's yeah. Like, I would love, like, I can't do that just only because of the arthritis. <laughs> It, I, I don't even know if I would read it. it it's so funny because, like you said, that comment has everything. It's wholesome. It's wholesome. It's sexual. Somehow yet it's sexual. And yeah. it gets the people going. It's, it, it is very difficult to ride that line of wholesome yet sexual. It's got to be. It, it's Especially the on social comment. media. It's the best comment we've ever gotten. It, I think so, too. By far. I think that's my all-time rose because it had everything. So a roller coaster. I wish I could read your name, but again, I don't want to put anybody in a weird spot. Just thank you. That was a... A phenomenal comment. Really made our night last night it when did. you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I screenshotted it immediately and sent it to you and said, this is the all timer right here. Truly is. Yeah, you can't beat this. So thank you for uh, allowing me to be the golden rose holder for now. We'll see if you can, can take that from yep. me, but I don't think so. I don't think so, dude. <laughs> I am up against it on that one. Now I... we're going to get people making weird, like trying to be wholesome and sexual in the comments. Don't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, you it's, can't it's... replicate. I would say it's impossible, but clearly we just had the best example of it. It is very difficult to do that. Yeah, don't don't try to replicate. Just be you. But uh, let's get into Rob Hutt because we got a lot to discuss. It was, again, the majority of the episode is simply setting up for the white party. And kind of, I, I think they treated it as we're just going to sum up everybody quickly and get to the Mo and Kyle drama at the end. Yeah. But it seemed rushed. Like, I, I didn't love the finale. It kind of encompassed the whole season, I think, where it had its moments. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But it's just kind of filler sometimes. It was, for me, it was a reminder that if they had more episodes, we would say it was going on for way too long. Oh, that's a good point. Because there was nothing here. That's like, really there was point. absolutely nothing to sink your teeth into. And it was, like you said, it just kind of summarized the whole season with everybody where we just kind of bopped around and focused on, you know, the journey that we've seen with Sutton, we've seen with Dorit and PK, we've seen with Kyle and Mo, we've seen with Erica. Like, they just kind of checked in briefly, and it was just way more of the same that we've seen the whole time. Didn't really end the storylines, didn't really Further keep them, them going. Yeah, it was just so you like, could argue they were just there. cliffhangers for, like, the actual storylines of the season, PK and Dorit, Kyle and Mo. Yeah. We don't have any... I would say cliffhanger if it's like a cliffhanger I reserve for, okay, I need to know what happens next. Like this was just I, like, I okay. I don't, do. Well, for, yeah, Dorit and PK, sure. That's, that's what but I, 
I don't know what we're going to get out of that because the two of them are so fake. Uh, Kyle and Mo is really the only one that, like, I guess you can say that we saw Sutton come into her own finally with we did. You know, everything personally. And that, you know, you can put an end on that one. But the rest of it, it's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, nothing really crazy that's happened. That's what I mean. It's fine. Yeah. And again, that's why I'm saying that this entire episode, until we get to the end of it, was just a reminder, like, okay, if they did drag this out a little bit longer, we'd be complaining in two weeks. Absolutely. Like, why are we, why are we still doing this? That Let's just get to the reunion. Tell me more about Kyle and Mel. No, they cut it off at 16 episodes, which was the perfect amount. Because, look, I still enjoy it, and I still look forward to watching it every week. Me too. But there really wasn't a whole lot going on this season that makes us think, like, oh, wow, this is a great season. It was just a consistent season that I didn't get annoyed by. I think that's a good way to put it, but I got annoyed after this episode. And... That's because with everything propping up, or sorry, popping up during this, it made me realize there was so much more we could have done with this season. With what? With PK and Dorit. Why didn't they push that a little bit harder? With Kyle and Mo, the fact that it got, like, that started. Well, we, I mean, we talk off. about that every week. Like, we do talk about that every week, but seeing it kind of summed up this week and then seeing the big reveal, like, we finally get Mo talking, and it wasn't from this. It was his Netflix show in the preview for that. Mm -hmm. That's where we get the big reveal from Mo, and that was the big separation announcement with the girls. Yep. So that was frustrating. I think to me, it genuinely highlighted okay, there were some topics that we could have delved further into, and we really didn't. We didn't broach the topic, and I'm not sure why. Like, I don't, I, I don't think so. I just don't think that anybody else on the show had anything to offer. I think it was just, yeah, you can dig into PK and Dorit, but again, the two of them lie and they're fake as fuck. Agreed. So we're but, not going to get anything from that. Then like, let's push on that. Why can't you be forthcoming? And then with I'm like, telling you right now, if they pushed on that, we're still not going to get anything out of the two of them. Maybe so, but and I we're think just going to be frustrated. Maybe so, but I'm frustrated now. And like we look at yeah. Garcelle, what she contributed this season. Like we really didn't talk much about Parenting. her. I know. Like that's my point. Like what was going on with you this year? Probably nothing. I think that's the point. Like we're we're mad at, or rather, you are. You're frustrated with Bravo for not pushing. I'm not mad. I'm frustrated. Yeah, I'm mad. You're frustrated with Bravo for not pushing storylines because they just kind of hovered. If you think about it, yes, maybe the clues were there. And yeah, maybe they went back and re-edited certain scenes when it came to Kyle and Morgan to say like, oh, what's going on here? Or with Kyle and Mo to say, oh, what's going on here? They still filmed an entire season. If there was anything worth pushing, they would have pushed it You're because right. they realized that there's nothing going on this season. It would have been, aside from the Kyle and Mo thing... It would have been a boring season. There wouldn't have really been anything there. And they had opportunities to push this and push that. There just wasn't anything going on with these women in their lives during the season. So I think that's what it was. I can appreciate that they didn't force feed us some bullshit that we would have seen right through. Okay, I would rather... They tried with Anne-Marie. They did try with Anne-Marie, but everyone saw through it too fast. And the esophagus thing went on for too long. But I guess that's my point is like, okay, are a lot of the women in this group getting to a point in their lives where... It's going to be, which is a good thing in the long run for like their life. It's more sustainable. There's more longevity. They know what they're doing. They know what they want. So there's not going to be all of this crazy drama happening, which is fine. That's great. But a big part of the show is learning more about these storylines and stuff like that. And I guess my big issue with all of it is that it comes back to Kyle and Mo. And Kyle's supposed to be the ringleader of this show. Mm -hmm. We had all this stuff for an entire season and we got hints all season okay this is this is where the root of my frustration lies we've gotten hints 
throughout the entire year, 16 episodes. And I feel like all we've ever gotten for the whole time is just a little like cliffhanger here, a little hint here. Is this something? Is this something? Is this something? And maybe this is going to lead, like, here's the thing. If that leads into a reunion in which we get these answers and they teased us during the season with a consistent season, as you said, a solid season, not the best, not horrible, like right in the middle, I think. And I'm sure there's going to be people that said it was terrible, but I didn't think so. But if they can wrap it up with some bombshells at the reunion, okay, I'm back on board for the season as a whole, that it was a solid season. But if they don't address certain things and we don't get deeper into certain things that we need to and we deserve to after sitting through 16 episodes, what then I'll more, be very frustrated. But what more, aside from Kyle and Mo mm-hmm. and PK and Dorit, what more do you want them to push on in the reunion? I would like to see more from Crystal because her and Anna Marie are not talking now. Why? Okay, what mm-hmm. happened from your... I think we will. And I hope so there. I'm sure that that seems like an easy one to bring you, up. I can tell you right now we're going to because they've made it a point at the end of the episode to say... A highlight. Crystal and Amory haven't talked since December. That's a good point. And you're also going to get Kyle and Dorit not talking since I wanna, the party. I, I also want to talk about... That's my point. So mm-hmm. if they hit on all of those, because that's another good one that we want to talk about. But that, to your point, or to my point, that could have been discussed more during the season because that split happened a while ago. And I don't think that they picked up on that. There's no... What do you mean? They said that they hadn't talked since December. So filming wrapped before December. I know it did, but during the but season... I, they, I'm they, telling you that I don't think... The way that Kyle is and the way that we've seen this and even what Mo said when they sat down with the kids, Mo said, you know, we kept this from you. Yeah. If they're keeping it from their fucking kids, who else are they keeping it? They kept it from everybody. I know they did. So that's their, that's the way that they operate. They don't care about the TV show. They care about what they're doing in their own little world. I agree. So I don't think that Kyle's going to talk about, and we know Dorit. Dorit's not just going to act like everything's fine. Dorit never really indicated that anything, and we can tell from context clues and because we know things, but overall, like there wasn't a lot there. And yeah, the producers and the people that are filming, they might know a little bit more. I'm saying that if there was anything there, they would have pushed on it because guess, we didn't get shit this season. I guess that's my point, okay? As the cast members of this show... Yeah, I'm pissed at the cast members. Know, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, I think more that's More so fair. the frustration. I meant yeah. that I wasn't pointing it at Bravo specifically. I'm saying as a no. whole, like, they need to understand the assignment better. I would like for them to understand the assignment better and, like, let us in a little bit more. Because I think they're resting on their laurels because they are Beverly Hills and they still get great ratings. I think and that's they don't care. a shame. Yeah. Because if you compare this to, let's say, the season that Miami's had, especially on the mm-hmm. back end, the last four or five episodes... That has everything. Yeah. We're hitting all the notes there. And then you compare it to Beverly Hills, which is, as you just said, going to get the ratings because it's Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I don't phone it in, I guess, is my to sum it all up. Like don't phone it in because it's not fair to the audience who put time into this show as well and expect a certain thing from it. And we know there's more there, and yet we watch week in and week out, people skate by things. That's that's it. Yeah. That's why I'm annoyed. Yeah. But Hopefully it's a, they can save it and wrap it up as a successful season. Like if they have a solid run of reunion shows, I don't need three bangers. I need one amazing reunion episode, one average. And then the third one, whatever, that's always just a flip of a coin, whether it's going to be watchable or not. Yeah. I I don't know the way that the reunions go. Typically, if there's a lot of animosity built up it, that first episode is just screaming, hear anything. Yeah. And it's not going to be like that. I don't think we're going to get a lot of screaming, but I would say, you know, the focus of the first episode is going to be rounding everybody back up and say, how was your year? And that's when we're going to get frustrated because they're going to be talking about their year like, oh, yeah, it was tough to do this and that and whatever. It's like, OK, we didn't see any of that. 
And then we're going to get the second episode, which is going to be the interpersonal relationships. We're going to get Kyle and Dorit. We're going to get Anne-Marie and Crystal. And we're going to get kind of the whole whatever. I get, I bet maybe get Kathy PK. comes out in the second one. I bet we get PK, PK in the second and Dorit. one. Yeah, and then the third one's going to be all about Kyle, Kyle and Mo. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good run of play, but... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Let's jump into the finale because there are some things I do want to discuss. And as we know, it's the SoFi White Party and Erica's performing. And I do have to give props to Kyle for her LVP impersonation because it was pretty great. That was great. It was spot on. Yeah. Uh, but the next scene we get, um, <clears throat> but the first scene I really want to discuss is Sutton with her daughter Porter. And they're going jewelry shopping at a place I don't think I can even afford to walk into because I'd be afraid to break something. They'd smell the pour on you. I think they would. Yeah. I think they'd be like, you you don't belong. Deliveries the metal detectors, back. they've got the opposite of that. It, like What's Wealth that? detectors. Oh, a wealth detector? Like you walk through and they're like, nag it out. Poor. Yeah. Oh, damn. damn <laughs> but for nothing else, I mean, if this is the wrap-up we get, like Sutton has had a great season. Sutton has arguably carried the show on her shoulders this yeah. season between, or on her esophagus, but she's pushed this season forward the majority of the time. And to watch her do this and go through this journey, and we've been a party to it since the beginning of this season, and there's been a lot of moments where she's had difficult times, where she's had hard times processing things, and it all comes back to finally gaining her independence or regaining her independence after being in her marriage. And it's cool to see this moment with Porter at the end where she's in a jewelry store and the jewelry's insane. Like, that one ring was $9 million. Mm. The earrings that she was putting on were $68,000, and I I hope one day I can look at something half that price and say yes as nonchalantly as she did. 68000 Okay, let's do it. Like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. But seeing this moment with her daughter, Porter, and listening to her talk about, look, you can have a family, you can have all these great, wonderful things in life, but never, ever lose your independence. Always maintain that independence because it's a big part of who you are, a big part of who I am. And getting that back, you can see the difference in her, I think. Like, just yeah, how she is, how she speaks, all that. Just this entire season, you can see the difference in her. I mean, yeah. we've seen a completely different Sutton. And I know a lot of people out there don't care for Sutton or they don't want her on the show or they don't feel like she's in a good position. I just don't really know what you want because she's the only one that showed up this year and actually performed. She's the only one who actually shared anything personal. She's the only one who showed any sort of growth from she's season She's the only one that season. went to work. Like we've seen Sutton in the past, last year and the year before, where she would get kind of rattled by certain things or yeah. people would go after her and she didn't really know how to react. And she said a lot of dumb shit. And like, yeah, she did start off the season that way, but she wasn't doing that at the end of the season. That's she learned. And like she was able to get through the Amory thing without 
provoking any other issues because we've always seen that where somebody has an issue with Sutton, she's in the right, but then she does something dumb and now all of a sudden she's in the wrong and then everybody can attack her because people weren't coming to her defense. And now it's, I mean, you can even see Garcelle and Crystal when they talk about Sutton, they say, yeah, she's a really good friend. She's somebody who's there for me. We've seen her evolve or what did Maddie say yesterday? Or uh, an evolution. An evolution. We've seen the evolution of Sutton over the last couple of years where she is a way better castmate. And yeah, I do agree that she cannot carry a season consistently. We can't have her out there as the number one housewife in Beverly Hills every single year because it's too hard to do. But now, I mean, at least, at the very least, if we get somebody else that can step up, we know that we do have a good number two that can carry when those episodes are kind of, you know, floundering here and there. I think that we've seen a lot from that. So, yeah, this was a good way. And I do think that as far as storylines go for the season, this was a good way to end it. Because now it's, okay, we saw Sutton in the beginning. We saw her towards the middle where she was struggling with her independence. And then obviously she had the whole Merce thing going on where that's essentially a father figure for her. Then it got her to look inward about her father and then about her her divorce and about dating. And like we saw so many different sides of Sutton. And we saw her come out of all of those things a better version of herself. What more could you ask for? That is called a complete character arc. Yes, and that's what we got from Sutton this year. We didn't get it from anybody else, but we got it from Sutton. So you can't be mad about the way that she performed this year, and you can't be mad about Sutton moving forward. You need Sutton, because without her, this show would have been terrible. It really would have. And like, I hope that people give her her flowers where they're due. Because yeah, people are going to think that we're like Team Sutton and like I mean, we've we, had her on before and we talked to her. It's like, okay, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Try to think about Beverly Hills without Sutton right now. This season And especially. what happened? What happened this year? Anything? No? Okay, great. The next check-in that we get is Dorit and PK. And this one's been... You've dealt with it much better than I have because you just take it for what it is. Like, you're not going to get an answer out of these two because yeah. it's all just bubblish and blah, blah, blah. It drives me crazy. It drives me absolutely crazy because even the Dorit that we see in a scene versus Dorit in a confessional is two different people. That drives me nuts because this is your real feelings two or three months later where you are frustrated that he's gone. You are upset about things that have been happening at the house. You are worried about your marriage. But in the scene, you're bubblish this, my love that, and you never, ever, ever press him about shit. And that drives me crazy because... She is right in her confessionals. He should be home more. Yeah. There's a lot of things that she's correct about. Do that on the show. Say that shit out loud because it's not like we don't know. It's in the media. We've seen it. So what's the point of being on this show if you are refusing to talk about the one thing that would absolutely captivate the audience? This is something that we want to know. This is a relationship that we have wanted to get further into for a long time because it has seemed face value, at least from the way I looked at it, for the majority of the times I see them together because it's always overly lovey-dovey and you never get to chip away at it. The only scene that we saw that I thought was real was the therapist scene and it still wraps up with her being like, oh, my love this, my love that. Like, dude, he just told you that your PTSD was fake and now you're going to hug him? That's not real. But like we got, we get breakdowns from Dorit where she starts to open up or she starts to say something, or you can tell she's in her feelings at the very least, and then she reels it in. It's like, then why be on the show? Why be on the show if this is what we're going to get out of you every single year? Frustration, lack of storyline, and lack of support in the group now because you don't really have anybody. Kyle's on the outs with you. That was your one major ally. You're not really tight with anybody else. I guess Erica, 
maybe. I I wouldn't even say tight. I, tight. I don't think so I'm at all. I'm saying like a a route forward. That can she start a friendship with her? Her route forward is her marriage. That's all we're gonna get. Like the only reason that she's on this show next year is because now all of a sudden know. we get to talk about yeah. PK and Dorit. I'm telling you, that's what's gonna happen. She's not close to Kyle. That was her last thing, and that was really in seasons past the only way that we got Kyle to talk about anything was her sitting down with Dorit, which is funny because now we get that with, and honestly, the most real that we get a lot of people it's erica and kyle sitting down yeah. like those are actual real conversations is when the two of them sit down because erica doesn't beat around the bush three does three everything that she does is fake she and lives in the bush i think that's my frustration with this and that's why i've kind of given up on getting anything out of the two of them i don't know what they do when it's just the two of them and there's no cameras i think that they don't it's talk. like 50 50 it's either they well yeah they, they probably don't talk it's either they do still talk in that like lovey-dovey and they don't actually share feelings or it's just PK just bashing Dorit about like all the things that he wants to do and he's going to do whatever he wants because he wants that 1940s, 1950s housewife that doesn't ask any questions. I feel like that's the life that he wants. And Dorit is sitting in her confessional talking about this and that and wanting to have an identity and wanting to be able to not put up with the things that PK is going to do and do be it. able to talk to him. The fact that she's doing that in the confessional makes me think that she doesn't do that in person. But that's the other problem. You're doing this on TV. PK knows that you're saying that, or maybe he doesn't give a shit. But PK knows that you're saying that. So what's the point in saying it even in the confessional? He doesn't. You're watch. not gonna. So yeah, it's just, the whole thing is a farce. I just don't care. Like yeah, we don't you get can, anything. You can brush she's, it off like that. I can't. Yeah. Well, it, the thing is, Dorit is not. A huge part of the show. She's not. She's not. I wouldn't even say a huge part. She's not a part of the show. Uh, this She's season, she wasn't. Like, what did she? It, it, this season, last season, the season before. Like, we've been calling for Dorit to get off this show or at least show up for three years. I and, want her to like shit or get off the pot. Then, like, yeah, but like, I'm done with that. We've done it for two seasons. This is the third one. I don't want to do it anymore. I just don't care. She's not an integral part of the show. She's not friends with anybody on the show. Every scene that she has is completely fake and made up, and I just don't care anymore. So I mean, anytime that she's on the screen, I don't care what's going on. I just, you know, I don't skip through it, but I don't really pay that much attention because it doesn't matter. Well, you kind of even get like a glimpse of a crack in the armor when they're talking here because it was a forced conversation, and PK is still in London, which is just baffling to me. Like 39 days. Two children at home. And you're in London for a month? Mm -hmm. There's no way with technology the way it is today that you have to be in London for every single meeting that's going on there. You just don't want to be near your family. And that sucks. And it has to suck for Dorit, too. And maybe that's what she's doing is shielding herself from opening up about it because then she'll realize what's actually going on and that would crush her or the kids. Like, I don't know. I have no clue. But in this conversation, he's like, yeah, but I, like eight months ago, I would never have gone away. I never would have extended the trip. She's like, you did. You did do that eight months ago. So you're lying. And that to me tells me that he's used to this back and forth that they have, that they're not going to throw each other under the bus. And she slipped a little bit and was like, well, no, that's not true, which I appreciate at least saying that. But there's your window. I think Go in now. I... Now yell at him. Say, yeah, you did this shit. And that was right after we got robbed. And you still went to London and left me with the kids when I was terrified because you're a piece of shit. But she's not going to do that. What? When have uh... you ever seen her do that? You want her to do things that she's not capable of. But she <sighs> just. That's why you get so frustrated. That, that's why I don't care anymore because I it doesn't matter. The funniest part about all of this is even Bravo realizes this and they try to drum up a little bit of. 
I guess, teasers for their relationship and like, oh, they're fighting, they're fighting. When it comes to the, you know, after the commercial break, we're going to get into PK and Dorit. And they show that in the way that they edit it. It makes it look like PK in the middle of the conversation said, I can't get a word in edgewise. Yeah. And they're like, oh, whoa, what the fuck happens? Like, are they actually fighting? No, they weren't. He was making a joke at the end of the conversation. It's like, okay, so Bravo even knows that they're getting nothing from the two of them, but they want you to watch. So they're going to throw that in there and act like, oh, they are actually fighting about something for once. So everybody's aware of what's going on. And at least that's a step forward because it says to me that Bravo knows that we're not getting shit from the two of them. So either force them or what's the point in having them on the show? I think it's the latter. Yeah. I mean that's fair. I just I get I get really annoyed with it. But let's move on. We get back to SoFi and Mo arrives. Did you find the way that Mo greeted the cheerleaders a little? Peculiar? Yeah, a little pervy. Yeah, <laughs> little creepy. A little creepy, right? Like, yeah. Oh, are you are you guys? You're the cheerleaders? Oh, hey, hey. I did he do finger guns? I don't think so. I, he did have his finger. Yeah, maybe he did finger. Guns. I don't know if he did the finger guns Kinda or just, not. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. You're walking into your wife's creepy. party and you're like ogling the cheerleaders walking in. That tells me a lot, honestly. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of different ways to handle that situation. Yeah, that wasn't one that of them. Was probably the worst. Way. Uh, that's uh, definitely there's worse not the worst. Ways than that, but that was a bad way to do it. But everybody arrives. Finger at this guns would have been better, actually. Yeah, actually, you're right. But everybody starts arriving to the party, and I didn't care for this comment from Garcelle at all. Where like she walks in and sees the party and. Obviously, it's really done up there in fucking SoFi. It's really cool. And she says, I didn't expect this from someone that doesn't drink and reads books. Don't do that. Don't equate not drinking to being a dork or like not being able to have fun. Like that sucked. And that's from somebody I really like on this show. Yeah. That sucked to hear. Like that's not a Well, we've seen it the whole season. Like nobody on this cast has ever really accepted Kyle not drinking. And that's just that boomer mentality of, well, I don't understand why you don't drink. Yeah, like, but well, you didn't have a problem. Like, what happened? It's like, all right, this, it's not your life. Who the fuck cares? That's my whole why thing. Why do you make those comments? It's just stupid. Yeah. There's not really any place for it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of hope that people heard that and felt the same way. I hope so, because it really pissed me off. But it's a big crew there. And we know our boy Zach Peter was there. He was in attendance. I saw hit the back of his head. I did, too. I was yep. looking for the platinum blonde hair. It would be harder to spot these days because he got it the black be. hair. Josh was there. Josh uh, from Louisiana. He was there. Josh from Louisiana. He was wearing a fucking suede brown shirt. Nobody told him about the white party. I didn't even notice. Yeah, he had a Josh, what the hell, jacket. man? Yeah. And that, for those of you that don't know, that was Sutton's um, old assistant, yep. Josh. They're still good friends, so he still shows up. But uh, we got Jeff Lewis there, and we got the one thing that Dorit might have delivered well this season, the only thing that she's done well. She walks in and goes, so chic. And I was like, at least you got one. At least you got one line in. It's a it's a recycled line, but at least you said something. I think Matthew Stafford's wife was there too. That would make sense considering he's the quarterback for the Rams. Okay. Okay. I didn't know her and Kyle were friends. <laughs> you think it's just like association? Yes. Oh, I think yeah. I think if you're famous to a certain extent in Beverly Hills, somebody I think famous, you just know everybody. Yeah, probably. I think you know other famous people. But it's like the equivalent of somebody having a a party at Lincoln Financial and like Kylie Kelsey showed up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Jason would, that's my point. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think so. Why? I don't know. Okay, cool. I think, you, I think you, your answer was just like sports, stadium, sports. Shut up. Shoot. Don't, don't you box me in like that. I don't think you're a real sports fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pretending for years just to fit in with the boys. Uh, but we get Kyle's entrance in, and 
this is kind of what I, I picture as just their marriage. This is a description of their marriage. He's busy eating food as she's walking in. He's not really paying attention. It's just they're on two different wavelengths, and they're not really... Fair, nobody was paying attention. Nobody was paying attention. Jeff Lewis was actively trying not to pay attention. Which That's what he does, weird. yeah. Yeah, shocker. But, and as you see, like, Mo walk up to them... He tries to reach for Kyle's hand and like she pulls away. So it's all going south as we already know. But we also get Denise and Aaron, which I I really wish we talked to Aaron a little bit more because that man, my God. I don't know. I I go between. I don't know if we need more from Aaron or, or way, way less or just absolutely nothing. I mean, we've gotten absolutely nothing. But if I would love to hear one more story, just one more about Big Pharma, just tracking him, just trying to figure out what Aaron's up to or yeah. like. That whole storyline really... Well, she showed up with, like, blonde hair this time. He's like, yeah, I had to dye my hair, change my appearance. Or if he... Sh- yeah, that would be, like, wearing glass, Like, those funny glasses with the nose yeah. on them. Like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they're not going to realize that you're the guy with Denise Richards. Okay. It's, yeah, and Denise shows up wearing another pink jacket, which... Was that a callback? Do you I think that know. was intentional? I don't... That's the... I don't think anything that Denise does anymore is intentional. Yeah, that's a good I point. think that she's very aloof and has no idea what's going on around her. Fair enough. Or if her jacket's upside down or right side up. Who knows? Fair enough. Very chic, though. So chic. So chic. But we get to check in with Sutton one more time, and we learn about Steve. Steve. And he I, ghosted her. I knew this. But, like, the way that she explains ghosting, I, I don't think that he ghosted her. She. So here's what happened. She texted me this, and I didn't want to spill the tea last week because I didn't want to blow up her spot. But, but you'll blow up her spot right now? Yeah, because it's out there now. Okay. He, by ghosted... He no-showed her on a date. Oh, that's worse than ghosting. Yeah, and then texted her a couple days later to try to reschedule, and she was like, nah, bro, which I love Good for her. Yeah, great for her. Like, okay, because the way that she phrased it, she said, he two, he texted me two days after he ghosted me, and I was like, She was implying ghosted that at the restaurant. Okay, that's that. Yeah, that's worse than High ghosting. and dry, yeah. yeah. So fuck you, Steve. Yeah. You don't deserve something at her best What'd anyway, you have to do? Pal. Go do some karaoke, you fucking loser. Yeah, he was actually typing up his new karaoke list, and he got just caught up in it. This is when we get our Erica Jane check-in and our wrap-up for her for the season. And she had a great season as well. And she wasn't the center focus, and she wasn't driving storylines, but she gave us what we've needed from her, and that's the softer side of Erica Jane. The Erica Jane that can get along with the group, that if she's confronted, she doesn't blow up at people. It's... It's kind of a full circle moment that was important for us, the audience, I think, to to resonate with her more moving forward because you get to see the different sides of her. And that's important, especially given what she did last year and watching her yell and scream her way through a whole season in defense of herself. And then to see her this season have a little bit more grace and a little bit more understanding and work her ass off to learn what empathy was and put it into play. So, you know... I don't know if you can hear me clapping. Hers, but. yeah, hers was definitely a different road, a way more direct route, I would say, for a character arc. Yeah, where she started off this season, and we were very confused as to who this Erica Jane was, and then she was pretty consistent throughout. Like there were a couple of hiccups here and there. You know, when they were in Spain, she was talking about how she wanted apologies from different people, and like, all right, that's but the she same never Erica. Blew up. But she never blew up, not even once, and. Even when they were in Vegas, I mean, she just kind of ignored the whole sudden of it all. And she said, I want to have a good time. I'm here with my friends. Weird reaction from Erica. Now, when we're looking back, we're like, good. Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, we did see a lot from Erica. And for better or worse for the show, that's the thing that I'm a little worried about is if she has this kind of tame attitude towards everything. I'm hoping that this is just a transitional phase. 
where it's, all right, we're getting a little bit of a softer, maybe a little more empathetic Erica. And then next year she'll be comfortable with that. So she'll be able to blow up about certain things and not, you know, take everything to heart, but also, you know, show up for the show, which I'm a little afraid that if she doesn't show up for the show and she does this again, we're not going to have a lot next year. I think that you just phrased it perfectly. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that she, look, she's very smart. And she knows how to play this season. I think that she went into it understanding that if she was going to win the audience back, she needed to do this. But I also think this was genuinely her journey. I think that in her life where she is and what she wants out of her life now that she's gone through all this shit, I think she recognizes, like, I can't afford to just, like, yell and scream my way through shit. Like, I need to look inward. And she did all of that. And, like a huge congratulations to her for being able to do it successfully. And I think that as she gets more comfortable with that, I also don't think that she wanted to blow up during this transitional phase because then people could call into question like, Oh, you're putting on an act. Oh, you're faking it. Oh, right. whatever. Which wouldn't have been the case because people have emotions and she could have blown up. But yeah. at the same time, by showing restraint and by showing a cool, calm, collected head to get through this season, I think it put her leaps and bounds ahead of where she started this season. And it does lead into an interesting season next year where it's like, okay, we know you're in a good place. We know that you can be empathetic. So now let's see all of the worlds combined. Let's see all sides of Erica Jane show up for a season. And that could be fantastic because you know what Erica can do. Erica could carry a season. She definitely could step into that role if you get all of the sides of her and she's not under the gun from the FBI and the DEA and all this crazy shit if you get her in a good place with her careers doing well, she's happy, she's successful, she's got friends again, you will get all sides. She will challenge I people. I hope so. And I think that that is how we can kind of hopefully move forward next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely see it. If anybody can do it, Eric can do it. But we get a performance from her, which I got to be honest, that was the first time I think I've heard the majority of It's Expensive to Be Me. Not how I thought it went. No? No. What'd no. you think? I didn't think it like that. I could hear that song on the radio, but I didn't know that it was like that. No, it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like you're used to hearing uh, Adriana stuff and like those that. Stupid songs. Or, yeah. it's, you know, good as gold. Like that's kind of in my head. What I, I've definitely heard "Expensive to Be Me" like in the background. Right. I've heard snippets. I've never seen it performed. I've never heard. I it thought before. you were going to say something about her lip singing. No, did you think she was? Definitely. But this takes me back to what I said. She was putting on a performance. A lot of people. You had a fucking massive I, issue with this. I know I did. Two weeks ago. I'm still not comparing her to Beyonce or Taylor Swift or somebody else who actually goes to concerts and has a huge following. I'm saying that somebody like Adriana or Erica, the housewife singers, yeah, of course they lip sync. But they can also sing. Yeah, I don't think Adriana can. Actually, I don't think Erica can either. What? Oh, That's dude, definitely fucking auto-tuned, bro. Come everybody on. Everybody is auto-tuned Not everybody. On track? On track? Nope. Yes, they are. Not auto-tuned. Dude. No. What are we doing? I don't think you get this. You don't understand. That's what why... about your what about your famous uh your loving uh country singers? You think those those big boys that sing when their... they're in the booth? Yeah, they have the like it's adjustment. Not auto-tuned. It's not... Auto-tune is not necessarily like the T-Pain, like like that kind of shit. It just keeps you on key if your voice spikes slightly or goes flat slightly. It gets you within a range that it all sounds... Yes, that's why songs so. on the radio all sound clean and they don't miss a note. And when they you go to great. a concert, sometimes really they go good. to... You're, I know what you're doing. 
And I don't I think like if you it. go to a booth right now. Like so it. you're saying if you go to a booth right now and you sing, yes, and they auto tune it, it's going to sound great. Yeah, fucking bullshit. That's how recording studios no, it's work. Not dude. what are you talking it's about? Sound, it's still going to sound like shit. No, it's not. First of all, I can sing, bitch. Second, <laughs> you what are you talking about? What do you mean? You can't sing. Yes, I can. Wait, what is happening? Sing for us. I'm not singing for you, but I was also the lead in two Catch musicals. us at our live show in Philly, March hey, wait, 6th. Steel's going to sing for us. If you want to take it to this level, I was the lead in two musicals that I had to try out when? for. Footloose? I was Willard I, Hewitt. I didn't say what. I said when. When I was 19 and 20 years 15 old. 15 years ago. So you what? You can't sing anymore. Yes, I can. You don't have it anymore. This is, one is kind of mean. <laughs> Two, it's kind of gaslighty, and three, I think you're just trying to get me to sing. I can, I'm not a good singer, but I can 100% carry okay. a tune. All right. And I feel, I feel attacked. Okay. I feel unsupported, and I feel gaslit, and I don't appreciate it. All right. And maybe one day, you know what? Maybe I will sing just to prove you wrong. It'll be at a live show. It's not going to be on this podcast, so don't get yeah, rubs up. Of course, but that's because you're going to play with the levels on the podcast. You said that's not a thing. Everybody, you said that's not a thing. So now you're contradicting yourself. You're now contradicting yourself. You said it's not a thing. You're still going to not sound good. Why do you think every song on the radio sounds clean? Because they're good singers. Fuck you. No, they're not, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> do you know that the booth does that? And you're just like, is this all all a ploy? I fucking yeah. hate it. <laughs> oh my god. You've been so far into all of that. God, you're so easy, dude. I, you know I'm already not feeling great, which means I'm fiery, more fiery than I don't feel great usual. either, but that means I'm a little loopy. I know, and then you do shit like this. Yeah. Purely for uh, Anyway, Erica had a great performance. I really enjoyed it. We look fun- great, too. <laughs> she did. She does. I like the fact that she's 50. I mean, she looks outstanding. Like I'm, I'm genuinely happy for Erica and where she has gone on this journey. It's been fun. Her and Sutton, and you called it also. It's also interesting that the two that are thriving this year formed an alliance, not an alliance, but a, a friendship at least. Finally, we could call it an alliance if anybody else did anything. <laughs> That's a good point. And it's like maybe they stand against them. Oh wait, nobody else did anything this nope. entire season. They didn't do shit. But that's when we Fucking find Eagle out. Eagle Woman had a bigger performance this year. Eagle Woman did. She left more of an impact. But we find out that PK was gone for 39 days, and this is when Dorit's starting to openly question, I don't know if we can continue this. I don't know if I can accept, can accept him if he won't change. Calling into question, can they make it in the long run? So at least we have that cliffhanger. But again, is that just opportunistic to be like, oh, here's my story? Uh, yeah, I think it's a little opportunistic. I also <laughs> had an issue with the whole confessional of Dorit saying that because she did start it off by saying, I don't know if we can make it. Yeah, And the entire conversation after that that she was having or the confessional that she was having was all about her saying, well, I don't know, maybe, we'll see. I, I don't really know. So yeah, I think it's a little opt- opportunistic. I think that she is trying to set herself up because she realizes she's not friends with anybody else. So what are you really going to do on the show? I, I don't know. I just don't care yeah, anymore about Dorit. To, we don't and I love it because it. when we started talking about Dorit not being on the show and we have no use for her on the show anymore, a lot of people commented, like, we need Dorit. We need She's, the fashion queen. We need the fashion queen. We need her to be there. We don't. We don't. We don't. No this one's isn't... questioning her taste or her I... fashion. Look, fashion is a secondary when it comes to these shows. That's if a good you don't it. have good storylines, if you don't have good drama... 
what the fuck is fashion going to do for me? That's a good point. I'm going to be bored. You're not going to see the fashion because you're going to turn the show off because it's boring. Yeah. So who cares? That's not enough for her to be on the show anymore. No, I agree with you 100%. I was simply saying like that's that was the big argument that people had. The only argument that people could come up with was the fashion. No one's denying that. Not one person. But as Shooter just said very eloquently, fashion can be second. It is not a first trait that can carry a housewife through a season so i agree with you but that wraps up the party and we get the one month later and this is when they pick the cameras back up and you know what i was furious when they started with Anne marie i was like what are you doing why (laughs) or why is she on we know why we're here why are we starting here yeah we don't need to go through the like what Anne marie i I knew eventually i realized what they were doing but at first i was like are we gonna get a check-in with Anne-Marie, and then they went... I was just very confused, and I was a little frustrated by that. Well, because we're waiting the entire episode for this. We're waiting a whole season for a this. A whole season for this, and you start there. Yep. Why? I don't get One whatever. more ha-ha. One more dig at the fan base. Ha-ha! Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Here's the last time you're going to see Anne Marie. That was her farewell. Yeah, I think that so. was her goodbye to Anne. No, I actually do think she's going to come back. I think she's coming back but... too. I don't think that they're going to one and done her. But we start to talk about Kyle and Mo. We get a quick little Zach Peter. Did you hear him? I heard him. We got a little Zach Peter audio clip on there. So shout out to our boy. But I love that hip hop Rob is now joining the fun. Oh, dude, he would be a great podcaster. He would be so good. Maybe we should have hip hop Rob that's on. Th- and like that's the thing that frustrates me with Crystal is if Rob like what Rob just said there saying, you know, maybe Morgan put it out into the press, that was the best thing, the best line, the best scene that we got from the Crystal household this the entire season. season. It was a great moment. And it was a great line and it's funny and it's also maybe true and who knows and it's great i i just loved it i thought it was i was not expecting it at all i wasn't either but that leads me to believe that with more screen time that house can produce i think crystal can do more i i still think that we got glimpses of it this year i really hope they bring her back and i really hope that she goes into next season with like a tenacity to kind of yeah. Prove it to kind of show us the the stuff that we've got glimpses of. I want to see that full force next year. I'm just at the point now where glimpses aren't doing it for me. No, and I understand that. That's kind of what my point is. Is like, give us a little bit more. We we know you're capable, and Rob is a great person to bounce off of. Like he can play the. He game. might not be around that often. To he be might honest. not. He's be, got but, a lot to do. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I, we don't know because we don't get to see. That's yeah. a great point. I just but. don't know who to blame for that anymore. I don't know. Up is down, left is right. But we get Sutton and Garcelle FaceTiming about this whole thing. And 
they seemed a little too I don't know what celebratory. The word is. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Little too celebratory that they were right. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of glossing over the root of this thing. Like, yeah, you guys called smirking it. and, and yeah. like I told you so. Like, let's remember that a couple that you've been friends with for a very long time is separating. That's a sad thing. You shouldn't have this moment, especially on camera, of kind of high fiving each other. Like, haha, we called it. Yeah, I called her out for this, and she lied to us all season. From a viewer standpoint. The frustration's understandable because we watch these shows to dive deeper into the lives of people, okay? From a humanity standpoint, Kyle and Mo don't owe anybody else shit. They don't have to explain what's going on within their marriage because that is their marriage. Yeah. They don't offer that stuff up because they don't want to talk about it because they don't have to. So from a show standpoint, fine. And I guess they can have frustration there because they share their lives and they're not getting that return. But Garcelle's yeah, not to an extent, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going to so say. Like, like, I get Sutton is Sutton's a little interesting because aside from the scene in Spain where they Kyle and Sutton essentially make up and Sutton apologizes for being a bad friend, and we see the snippet from the reunion next week where Sutton says, "You were very mean to me and you were terrible to me." And she's like, "When?" It's like all the time. Where and we agree with that. Like we used to see that, and we're like, "This is a very weird friendship." It seemed very one sided. But then she apologized and did the "I love you" thing. So like that kind of threw me off a little bit. If we take that out, then yes, I'm I'm okay with Sutton because she's doing a good job of balancing. This is a TV show, so I'm going to say. You know, maybe I would handle it a little differently if I'm asking a friend about what's going on with their marriage. Yeah. But on the TV show, I'm fine with the way that she handled it. Garcelle doesn't make any sense to me. It because Garcelle doesn't deserve to be smug about this. Yes, you were also asking the questions and you were leading the Inquisition when Sutton wasn't there. But at the same time, what have you shared? Like we didn't even get, we didn't even see your beach house this year. You nope. keep referencing the beach house. That could be a storyline. I, I wouldn't really care for it, but that could be something. There's not a lot aside from you being a parent that you're sharing. And like, yes, we do like those scenes, but you're not really mixing it up. You're very one dimensional when it comes to a housewife. So you don't really get to be smug. Sutton, I can see, but Garcelle, no. I agree with that, and I, I think that could she have been smug in regards to Sutton? Like, yeah, I still think it was bad form. I think that you should never have That's the that. TV show, though. I, I'm yeah, not, you know. That's fair. But it takes us to Kyle and Mo. And we've been talking about it at nauseum. We've been looking for clues. We've been going on social media, reading news articles. Everybody's talked about this split. And as the tweets are showing you, the reason why this is such a captivating breakup or separation, this is one of those couples that, a lot of people gravitated towards, myself included. When Kyle and Mo were vibing, they're fun to watch, man. Yeah, they were. They're fun to watch. They play off each other very well. It seemed to be a love-filled marriage with these beautiful kids, this beautiful house. It was almost like the American dream I'm on gonna, TV. I'm going to get ahead of this now, though. It just I know we were going to talk about it eventually. I didn't care for the montage at the end. Ah, it made me <laughs> so sad. Fuck, it made me so sad. What are they sad? doing that? Like, that is, and we did, it's kind of the polar opposite of the montage that we got in VPR. Oh, yeah. Where it was like, all right, it's the end of an era. We've got 10, we did 10 years here. We're going to go through all the best moments. And it was like, here's Tom and Schwartz. And, or here's Schwartz and Katie. Here's Tom and Ariana. Like, yeah. those are the best parts. It's like, oh, no, that's really sad. This was actually sad. Genuinely. It's like, oh, did we have to do we that? We didn't have to no, do this. We don't and have then to you do that. put on top of it that Kyle's going to watch this episode, watch herself breaking down. I don't know if she's going to watch it. I hope not. Dude, I, I, I really would, hope she doesn't. No way. Like, if she gets to that last scene, she's like, oh, I, <laughs> like, 
how would you mentally handle that? I would turn it off after the white party. Like you have to. Yeah. Like, you can't watch the end of it because it's too sad. And I think that what this scene really embodied for me and what made it tougher to watch is like we forget. It's very easy to forget. And I'm sure you listening at home forget as well. Like these are very real people. This is a real family. A lot of the stuff we see is played up and they're playing characters sometimes and all that stuff may be true. But in this moment that we got to see, which any other situation, I probably wouldn't want to be in this room and I don't need cameras in there. This is one of those like Adrian's ketamine therapy, but because it's been the topic of conversation for so long, like we need to see this as viewers, but this is so real because the kids are there. Mo is there. Kyle is there. We haven't heard anything from them about anything at all. So this is all so raw, but it starts with a confessional from Kyle and even how she intros it is problematic because she's like, you know, the news broke when the whole family was together, which sucks so much because the girls are, their phones are blowing up. Kyle's phone's blowing up. Mo's phone's blowing up. And Kyle's like, you know, I was more focused on the fact that our marriage is in a really bad spot. The girls just found out, like, our entire world just got flipped upside down. Life as we know it is over. Mo's biggest concern was who leaked the story. Yep. And that's that, I think, shows it in a nutshell. Exactly. That's their marriage in a nutshell in that one sentence. But Erica shows up to console her, and Erica, even at her worst, is always genuine. And she walks in and says, she was there for me during all this, never shit on me during my thing. I have to show up for her. She even takes it far enough to say, hey, when I didn't recognize things were going wrong in your marriage, if I wasn't present enough or attentive enough and paying attention enough, I'm really sorry because that's fucked up. Friends should be more aware. Like her presence of mind when she's not going through shit, like she's, I I don't know, I'm a huge (laughs) Erica fan now. Yeah, no, she was great for the scene. And again, this is one of the real moments and they did a good flashback for when Erica was going through everything with Tom. Kyle was there for her and, Look, I, I don't think that it's one-sided. I think that when it really comes down to it, things like that, you do need somebody who's gone through something. Now, I don't know if it's not. And Erica, at one point, sort of made it the same thing. She tried to relate the two, and they're very unreal. Yeah, you can't do that. That was my one issue with it. But overall, I think that Erica was good there because she did get Kyle to start talking about certain things that we haven't seen pretty much all season. My question is, why is this happening now? And it didn't happen at all during the season, but whatever. Um, and Kyle did start talking. And like we actually did get a very real moment between the two of them. And you could see that this was very serious. And yeah. my questions were pretty much during the whole thing. Obviously, like once you bring the kids into it, it gets fucking crazy. And it's wild to see the children's reaction. And that's when it gets very real. Yeah. But... I had a problem from the start because Mo said we didn't want to tell you anything because we didn't want it to, you know, affect your lives. Like, what you rather them find out from People Magazine? Exactly. Like, that's where like the the perspective really falls short for me. Agreed. You realize what's going on, and you know who and you, you are. You already know. Like, there's already been cheating rumors out there, and even when Kyle was hanging out with Morgan, people were taking pictures of the two of them and questioning things. When you were going through everything like years and years ago and people were talking about cheating rumors with you, everybody was reporting on it. So you've already gone through a lot of this. Why would you try to play this close to the chest when you know that there's people out there that want that story and they notice things 
whether you like it or not, whether you think you're showing it or not, people notice things and they start talking about it. You know this is going to come out one way or another. Why would you not get ahead of this? Especially considering your kids are in their late teens and 20s and have phones and social media and are also prominent figures they're on your tv show so they're like they're in the mix so they're going to find out they they probably get dms from fucking random people that say hey i just saw your dad cheating on your mom like a thousand percent they get those things so by protecting your children and not talking about it when you and kyle are behind closed doors talking about it it's fucked up it didn't make no sense it didn't protect them and to your point with erica right before we get into the scene with the kids you know it does start to get some real answers out of Kyle. And she says, everyone's trying to point at a cheating rumor or was I with Morgan or was he with somebody else? And she highlights like, it's not about one person. It's not about one thing. This is an overall feeling in our marriage between the two of us. It's about Mo and I, we get conflicting evidence later when she says he did something. Yeah. She lost all trust and couldn't get it back. Yeah, it was very contradictory. But at the same time, I think that you can lump the two together. And I think that this is something that gets lost, especially on the Bravo-verse and just the public eye period, because these two extend past Bravo. You know, Kyle Richards and Mo with the agency and everything. Like, this is a bigger couple than just a Bravo couple. And the one thing that this highlights is like, yeah, maybe that was the root of like the last straw, like the straw that broke the camel's back, maybe. But it's important to highlight, like this is a marriage, like a 26 year long marriage that there is a lot of issues, a lot of smaller issues, maybe compounded by a cheating rumor or confirmation of cheating. But maybe that was just all she needed to be able to say like, yeah, I'm now actually done. And I think the bigger thing to look at here is the loss of connection. These two are not on the same page. And it looks like they don't really care to be because they're both on their own life path moving forward. And I think that given her past and given what she wants out of life now and being the mom that stayed home with the kids and sacrificing everything she did, she's at a phase in her life now where if your partner in all of that then turns around and is not meeting you halfway and there are cheating rumors and potentially confirmation of cheating. What that says to me is Mo never respected you. Right. He assumed that this was your role forever and saw you as lesser than and somebody that's going to take care of the homestead and you wanting to branch out and move on and do your own thing. You needed more support there. You needed Mo to come in and say, Hey, I love that you're doing this. How can I meet you halfway and help out? What can I do to further you in your life as you have furthered me? And honestly, cheating aside, I think that that is what it is. I think that she got to a point where she looked in the mirror and said, look at all I've done for Mo and this family, for the agency, for his career, and put my shit aside, my acting career, whatever it may be that she wants to do. Look what I've given up. And the minute that I'm trying to move forward in my life and trying to do these things and stand on my own two feet, where the fuck is Mo? He's in Dubai, he's in Milan, he's everywhere else but here. So now I have to play two roles of the career woman and the house, and that's impossible. That's not fair when you have a partner that should be able to do that with you. And I think that eventually it got to a point where she's like, you know what, fuck this. Yeah, there's also the chance that they just never communicated between the two of them. Well, I think that's inherent. Yeah, well, that's along with it. Yeah, but we're hearing Kyle say all of these things. I wonder if she ever actually sat down and talked to Mo about that. I mean, that's and if she did, maybe like you got to think back to like yeah, the cheating scandal, cheating rumors, whatever you want to call it. Aside, 
I don't know. I mean, we've saw we saw the two of them for years as a great couple, but I don't like I could imagine Kyle sitting down with Mo and talking about her career. I don't see Mo just immediately pushing it down like somebody like PK would. I agree. I with see that. him actually answering things. So that's where I feel like like they talked about how they've been together for 20 plus years. They've yeah. been together for 20 plus years and Kyle even started to highlight how you know, she needed him, like, she used him because she, he convinced her to start taking chances on things. And he needed her because he would be dead without her because he takes chances on everything. Fair. Okay. But you've been together for 20 years and you start to kind of shape each other into a different type of form. And then eventually you start to grow apart. And they're not communicating in between. I think it just kind of ran its course. And obviously, if the cheating's, cheating, cheating rumors are confirmed, and that's actually what we're doing with Kyle at the end when she's at her confessional, if we're taking that at face value, then yeah, okay. A lot of things were going on, and then that was the final straw. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, I don't really... The things about relationships is, yes, we watch them on TV. Yes, we've seen them for years. We have no fucking we idea. Really know. We have no. We can sit here and we can try to you know, go through therapy or try to psychoanalyze the two of them based off of what we've seen on TV. But at the end of the day, we have no fucking idea what happens in that house. Yeah, but that's our job. That's what it's, we do. Well, here. no, it, we can. <laughs> I'm. But this is also our job is to say we don't fucking know. No, what I agree there. with that. 100%. Just because we see something on TV doesn't mean that we know what's going right. on. We don't so. know the ins and outs. I'm saying from from where I'm like the evidence that I've been presented with. And there's obviously more there, and there's two sides to every story, and the third is the truth. But just from what I've been given, that's kind of my read on it as far as at least in – I believe that this is where Kyle is. This is what she thinks. Now is there more there? And Mo has a very different story. Very possible. And maybe you'll get that if you like watch his show on Netflix. Like I don't really know what the angle is there. Yeah, I don't really I don't plan think on watching that. No, I'm – this is not a plug to go watch that show. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, I'm just saying maybe there's more there if you do watch that show. Well, maybe the new confirmed cheating thing is that Mo thought that Morgan and Kyle hooked up and he got pissed off, so he went out and cheated on her. Maybe. That could, that's a possibility. I don't know. See, now we're just playing the full-blown speculation game. <laughs> that, that's the podcast game. We just throw shit out there. No, we don't do that. But as we talk to the kids and they're processing this whole thing, which is next to impossible to watch, like it was so fucking sad watching them all. Like You can literally see the moment in each of their eyes that it the gravity of the situation like actually hits them. Yeah. That sucked because Yeah, it was brutal. Like they didn't sign up for the show. We shouldn't see that. We should not see that. Nope. We shouldn't see that. We should have seen Kyle and Mo sit down with each other and talk it out. Yeah. We didn't need to see the kids involved. Nope. Didn't Especially, need the montage afterwards. <laughs> like, no, fuck just... no. God no. But we really didn't need, you know, Portia who's what 16 yeah we didn't need her there like th that's real raw emotion that's three kids processing their yeah parents separating i even feel bad like years. i even feel bad the way that i watched it like i was still in analysis mode watch yeah and i'm so like oh yeah mo reached out to portia <laughs> and she went to kyle i'm like fuck that's rough. I don't know what to think about that. And then I just kind of had to turn my brain I did off. The same thing. No, I just turned that my brain off. I'm like, hug. you know what? That's not. I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to. We don't need to talk about I don't that. Think, I think the scene speaks for itself. That was real. Yeah, okay? that was as real as it gets on reality TV. Too much. We don't need to see that stuff. I, I wish it was just Kyle and Mo talking it out or having a discussion to end the season. But I'm pretty sure that, and I'm sure Bravo Production knew it as well. We would have gotten the same conversation out of them that we've gotten all season. So to bring a different dynamic to it by adding the kids into it, now you have a scene. But that sucks. Yeah, I wonder whose idea that was. I don't I don't know. But that Bravo's idea or was that Mo or Kai? I don't I'm not sure, but 
I even wrote happy times recap sad face. <laughs> that is a sad face, yeah. Well. But we get a reunion preview, which it looks like Kyle is under the ringer and they're going through the ringer, which she needs to be because we got a lot of questions. And the fact that Erica is saying to Andy, like, I want you to eviscerate her out there. Something has happened. Something happened. Something came out. Erica found out more information. Maybe she got frustrated because she found something out and was like, why the fuck am I burying my soul? Sutton's burying her soul. You're not doing anything. Yeah. And you have the most to talk about. That's bullshit. Agreed. So I hope that this reunion has the makings to be a fantastic one. It could be if they really, can stay really on good. point. If they can stay yeah. on point, I exactly. swear to God, if we spend a half an hour talking about Crystal and Anne Marie, we're going to. It's a three parter. We're going to. I don't want it. We're going to do that. We're going to get stuck on Sutton's esophagus for too long. Like, there's a mm. few things that we're going to talk about that are going to be frustrating. But bear with me because I do think that when we get to the juicy stuff, there's enough here to make for a great, great end to the season if they do it right. And I'll tell you this too. In my opinion, for next season, for people to go into next season encouraged and hopeful, they need to land at least two of these episodes because I think that they'll be in trouble if they don't. And, and trouble is in quotations because people are still going to watch Beverly Hills. Right. But I'm just saying to set it up for a successful season, what is it, 17 coming up? Whatever. You need to have something to leapfrog into next year. And whether that's Erica taking the lead, whether that's, a single Kyle. I don't know what the route's going to be, but I hope that we get some answers here. Are you laughing at that one? <laughs> yeah, I'm, la no, I'm <laughs> laughing at the idea of Kyle just plugging Morgan in instead of Mo. Dude, that would actually be funny. That would be really funny. Oh, we're man. seeing a lot more of Kyle and Morgan out in the in the media now again after we, we saw the I saw Instagram a picture wipe. of the two of them with Kesha. Oh, on the right? street corner? Yeah. And, and the, the headline was Kyle and girlfriend Morgan Wade. Yep. It's all very confusing. Yeah, very weird. If anybody knows what's going on, please let us know because we have no idea. But all in all, I enjoyed the season. It could have been a lot better. It could have been a lot worse. And how I'm going to rate it will all depend on how they tie it all together in the reunion. We're holding our ratings until after the reunion? I have to because yeah. I think this, this season more than most is so reliant on the reunion because if the reunion flops, the season sucked. We should start <laughs> at the end of every show. Like when the reunion's over and everything, you and I should pose for a picture. And then in the middle, it says the rating for the show. I love that idea. I think we should start doing that. What's our rating system? Uh, it's got to be something goofy. It's got to be what What do you get? Like, what's the star rankings? We doing, I, I was just, I mean, out of 10 makes the most sense. It makes the most always sense. Done it. It's not that much fun. No, we got to do something goofy. You get six bros. Yeah, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll use bros as the increment yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, I'm and then that. The, the best is 13. Why? Are you a big Taylor Swift fan? No, no, that's not what I was saying. I'm just saying it should just be something obscure because that's our ranking system. Also your favorite fucking number. It is my favorite number. I know. So that's yeah. what you were doing it you for. You know why? No. Because nobody else likes it. People think Taylor Swift likes it. People think it's unlucky. Well, smart people apparently like the number 13. Yeah, good singers. Successful people. Good singers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let me reiterate, though. No, no, we're not. Let's just go on to questions. I don't want to hear more. I'm just saying I'm not a great singer, but I can sing. That's all I'm saying. And I hate that I had to announce that on the podcast because I never needed to talk about that, but you got me riled up. I didn't do anything. Don't you gaslight me now. Let's get to questions. From Canterbury 25, was it gross and tone deaf for Erica to sing Expensive Now? No. No. No, that's her That's her big song. Like, yeah. It doesn't change just because 
I, yeah. I understand the premise I, of the question. I but, get what you're saying, yeah. but no. But, yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's a song, and that's her biggest song. So what is she going to scratch that? It actually might be more expensive to be her right now with lawyer's fees. That's actually a very valid yeah, point. So, so maybe She's more not wrong. So ever. From Sin Lu, are we here for Denise shading Erica at the finale? I no. didn't really care about it, honestly. Glossed it, over it. It also just kind of looked bad on Denise because Erica is for all intents and purposes, moving up in the world. Yeah, and also we were teased before the season that Denise would be here and there and whatever, and it fell flat. Yes, agreed. She sucked. Agreed. Oh, this is a good question. Let's talk about this. From Joey Melch, what exactly is PK's occupation? <laughs> he's a... I thought he was a producer. Isn't he a film producer? What? I think he's a movie producer. Oh, is that what he does? I think so. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe he's into Peaky Blinders. That's why he's got to go over there. Uh, maybe. Yep, that's my guess. <laughs> From Caroline Montez, what do you think the purpose of having Kathy at the reunion? Seems random. That's a good point. Um, I've, I've actually thought about this. I think what it is, and we kind of saw this with Kim earlier in the season when Kyle needed a little support, she brought Kim in. We found out that Kathy and Kyle are now good again. Yeah. So it could be a support system for Kyle they brought her in for like I don't know I, I think it's more for Kyle so that well, she it seems can like say, Kyle's on the outs with everybody at the reunion everybody's yeah, pissed off at her so man. maybe they brought Kathy in as like a fucking bulldog to go after and protect or Kyle. maybe they just know that Kathy moves the needle so they're like let's bring Kathy on yeah I don't think you need to bring Kathy in to move the needle on this one I think people are going to watch regardless yeah who knows it is random though it's, it, we agree it's very random I like this one from John Critelli. Do you think we got a lot of bros asking questions that I like that? Do you think that Kyle gets a pass on not sharing enough for someone like Robin Dixon? I do think she gets more of a pass, and no, I don't think she should. Mm, no, uh, I think she gets more of a pass, and I think that she should because even comparing the two, they're not comparable. Robin's in complete denial, yeah, and defends her cheating husband. Yeah. Kyle, we at least could tell something was wrong the whole time, even though she didn't come right out and say it. Yeah. She was still leaving at least a breadcrumb trail. Yeah, I don't think... Robin's delusional. Yeah, they're not the same. It's tough to compare them. I do not think that Kyle should get a pass. No, she shouldn't get a pass, but I think comparing the two... More so than I would Robin, say that yeah. she deserves the pass more than Robin. More than Robin. Yeah, I agree with that. From Hot Cakes 1987, who do you think is staying... Slash going next season. Realistic. Let's do our first, who would we want? And then realistically, do you think they're going to make any moves? So who would you want to get rid of for next season? Uh, Amory is a dead giveaway. Um, I hate to say it, but just because we've been waiting for so long, I can move on without Crystal. Oh, interesting. I, I don't, she's not doing anything for me. She, this is three seasons now. Yeah. We haven't done anything like, Okay. I think it's fair to say you can move on. Um, at least the threat of moving on, maybe that pushes her in the right direction. The rest of the cast can stay. I think Anne-Marie is a no-brainer. I think that you bump Dorit down to a friend of. Oh, Dorit can go, actually. I, let's leave Crystal for one more season and threaten her, but Dorit go. See, I, here. I think you bump Dorit to a friend of to scare the rest of the cast. Friend of who? It's a friend of the show. Of the show. A friend of the show. Friend of Bravo. Yeah, a friend of Bravo. I think that what you do by knocking a 
certified housewife that's been on the show for a long tenure down to a friend of role. It puts the rest of the cast, especially the newcomers, on notice. And now you have people showing up to work. Go even further. Just fire her. Now everybody's afraid. No, because I... The worst that's going to happen to me is I'm going to get demoted. I'm still on the show. If you get rid of her entirely, you're like, oh, shit. But if you demote her and you see her putting the work in to get back uh, to that's the good point. Status, Yeah, a little example. That might yeah. push everybody else a okay. little bit. I'm into it. I think realistically... Everybody's back. I think everyone's coming yeah. back. Yeah, I don't think they make any moves. Nope. I think they they might knock Anne-Marie to a friend of role. Yeah. And they yeah. might bring in some like I don't, I don't think they're going to do that after giving her a full-blown housewife role. The very next year, moving her to friend of, I that doesn't that move doesn't make much sense to me. You should have started her as friend her of, on, then brought her in. Period doesn't make yeah, sense. None so. of it really makes sense. That's a good point. At that point, who gives? I, a I think she's back, still full housewife. I think you're going to see the same like cast show up again next year, but I think that there's a lot of people on the chopping block next year if it doesn't land. Yeah, I think that we will see a a reformed show after next season if it doesn't hit. That's my prediction. All I right. think that everyone comes back, but they're all put on notice. And rightfully so. Fair. But uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Well, remember to get your tickets to our live shows March 6th at the City Winery, Philadelphia. Our link is in the bio. May 3rd, Union Stage, D.C. And then Boston, June 14th, City Winery. I will always remind you that is a small venue, 70 people only. That is the limit. So make sure you get those tickets sooner than later so that you are not left out in the cold. Hell yeah. Well, it'll be June in Boston. Is it cold in Boston in June? No, I think it, no. Do we go nips out with the uh, overalls? Oh, you should do overalls on stage? No. Oh, you mean overalls at, at Fenway? Oh. Um, I always do. Even when I got sick as shit because I went to a playoff game in the overalls and no shirt. That. I went nips out and uh, I was sick for like four days. Yeah. I was like really sick, but Gross. We, we won that game. Sure did. We won that game. Those nips were out. Yeah, you're damn right it was. You're damn right. But, bro, bros are out of here. Bye.